0: Hurricane Sandy smackdown. Which CEO was hauling diesel fuel up 17 flights of stairs during the storm? There's a new publishing house on the block, Random House. We'll find out about that. And The Art of Seduction, making the business connection. All that and more coming up on this episode of Open for Business.
1: This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st century audio delivered. On thehorn.com.
0: Bandwidth for On The Horn is provided by Amazon S3 servers. Amazon S3 is storage over the internet. Retrieve any amount of data at any time from anywhere on the web. Highly scalable, reliable, secure, fast, and inexpensive. All from a name you trust, Amazon. For more information about Amazon S3 storage, visit aws.amazon.com. Let's get right into the hot potato news. Tommy, a big story about business disruption and all the costs in the billions, they say. Tell us about the tales of the storm.
1: Well, there's a whole lot to tell, and I think that it's going to be interesting to me to see when the smoke finally settles or the water finally recedes probably would be a better analogy to use. Is this going to be better for business or worse for business? Because there's a whole lot of construction people right now that are busier than they have ever been. There are companies like Mr. Handyman and and Disaster Restoration Services that are out there. There are lumber yards that can't stay in product. I mean, the list goes on and on. But at the same time, needless to say, some people... Like I'll mention Dock and Dine here in Connecticut. Oh yeah, down in the
0: like uh what is it? Old Sabre Point Old Sabre yeah. Point.
1: They got wiped out in Irene. They opened their doors, Labor Day of two thousand twelve. Ouch. And they're gone again. Gone again. Gone again. So that would be that would be in my mind one of the ultimate smackdowns of Sandy. Absolutely. So, you it. know, I don't know. And I I think it was Vin Diesel, if I'm not mistaken, that carried the diesel fuel all the way up uh those many flights of stairs? It was not Vin <laughs> Diesel. That <laughs> <Sorry>. was segues <segway. laughs> are getting so
2: bad.
0: <laughs> no, that was an excellent segment. You know, How like I dare you. I, I
1: thought so <laughs> How too, Ken. You. Man, you I'm, know, welcome me back. By the way, three weeks absent here. <clears throat> That's yes. right. Yes. <laughs> You know, nice it, it, to have, it's have you only back because in the house. It's
0: That's only because right. Ken you. Cook doesn't need to do because he's so nervous and so bad at segues. We give him the last news story so <laughs> he doesn't you. have to worry about <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, I just
1: jump it back on your lap. That's right. <laughs> uh,
0: so it,
1: who was that CEO then? If it wasn't Vin Diesel, who was it, Brian?
0: It was Anthony Casalena
1: oh and he
0: is the ceo of squarespace which is a website and uh, hosting and development company much like wordpress or blogger or something like that got it but he was uh this is the commitment we're not on it and he's not a sponsor but this is (laughs) impressive the ceo hauling diesel fuel so they can keep the generators going up 17 flights of stairs so all these lame-ass bloggers can still have their websites, <laughs> up, which I thought was really impressive. But uh, yeah, And he said, you know, what else am I going to do, just sit in my apartment and do nothing? You know, I, I could have done something, so I went and I got gasoline. And there's a great picture of him on, uh, on uh, Betabeat.com, mm. which is a great uh, uh, tech website for news. And he's got, uh, like, those old paint cans of just, uh, like, five-gallon drum pans, cans just, you know, going up the flights of stairs. He's got a little helmet light on. Keeping the little bloggers going. Um,
1: I guess so. Mm.
0: It's very exciting. Now we have one other story by Ken Cook who, who can't possibly, can't possibly come up with a transition for himself. So he leaves it to me. Tell me about Random Penguin. Random or, Penguin. Or, or, or Penguin House.
2: Same difference. It okay. is the merger of Penguin Publishing with Random House Publishing.
0: Bookhouse. House, house Book Books.
2: House. Exactly.
1: How long was this cooking
2: I don't know how long the deal was in the works, but it was definitely a reaction to the changing market. I mean, the one stat that astounded me: there was a forty-seven or forty-nine percent uh, increase in the sale of e-books to adults. Guess what the percent increase in sale of e-books to children was? Oof, give, give me a number. Any number. Forty-five. Fifty. 475%. Whoa, yeah, really? baby. I didn't even think of Whoa. going over
0: 100%. Wow, that's incredible. But I will tell you, I, a lot of that has to do with tablets now, and yep. kids love to touch stuff. My daughter's not quite six months old now. Yeah, already touching the tablet. iPad Mini? The, yeah, well, not the Mini, but it's it's just, just an iPad.
2: But the iPad Mini was another, and well, the tablet market itself was another reason for the merger. Yeah. Just changing platforms across the board uh some cost savings back office savings i mean it just makes sense it's a it's a dynamically changing industry and the dinosaurs have to uh reinvent themselves and
0: that and between you know things like audible.com which is you're getting your e-reading books uh read to you yep as in sort of podcast like format but uh all that stuff, you know, it, it all comes from the tablet. Well, hello, everyone, and good evening. I'm Brian Parker, and I'm joined, of course, by the Zen master, Tommy Russo, over here from l and Productions. Uh, he's walking around with a cane because he's a klutz, but uh, it's great to have you back there.
1: Well, it's good to be back. Thanks for you, having me. You're
0: feeling okay? I
1: am. I'm doing a lot better. The Thank last you.
0: show, you were, you were Skyping in from your bed, and, and we were— Literally. <laughs> and, and the chat room was suggesting that maybe you had some painkillers.
1: Uh, Really? (laughs) That bad, huh? Was that slow-mo? No. (laughs) Not a single one.
0: Also here is Ken Cook, acclaimed author, uh, speaker, Fortune 500 consultant, and contributor to Inc. Magazine. Now running Peer-to-Peer Advisors. Check them out at peer to peer advisors.com. It's nice to have you here, Ken.
2: Glad to be here, Brian. Tommy, Uh, welcome back.
1: Thank you, Ken. Good to be back.
0: We, of course, are uh, Open for Business, the podcast that uh, talks about all things business, entrepreneurship, technology, marketing. Customer service, making a few honest to dollars uh, for yourself. And also, you know, the theme really is getting new clients and keeping old ones. Get and keep, get and keep. And that's kind of what we want to focus on today. Right now, the art of connection, two different ways of connecting. One, connecting with a prospect and making sure you keep that connection while they're still a client. Ken, take us into the art of connection here.
2: Well, what intrigues me about it is. Well, let me, let me put it in the form of a question. When you first meet somebody, yeah. what do you do? Do you do an elevator pitch? Do you sell yourself? Do you connect personally on an authentic level? Do you ask questions? Do you tell them about yourself? And it's those first impression skills that really carry on. And Sales 101 always tells us, perfect the elevator pitch. Because you never know when you're going to need it. But yeah, do- I don't like the elevator pitch. Personally, I'm with you. I don't either. I don't think you need an elevator pitch. I think elevator pitches are passe. So I want to get into sort of the debate on the elevator pitch and what is the best and best methodology for connecting with somebody. So Tommy, your thoughts,
1: my thoughts on that. I think it's and this dates back to my performance years that you need to learn to read the audience, All and so whoever that individual is, you need to be very conscious and present in the moment. Yep. Uh, you know, great eye contact, mm-hmm. nice firm and sincere handshake if the if that is necessary in the moment, to be able to you know speak friendly, kindly, compassionately. Yep. But at some point in time, whether it happens in thirty seconds, or thirty minutes, or thirty days some of those people are going to want to know what it is that you do and how, and how you do it. Yeah, And whether it's an elevator pitch that you're referring to it as or your way of framing in a concise manner what it is, what you do, and how it can potentially help you as the individual, the individual that's asking me that, I think that's key. I don't think people want to hear your war and peace story. I think that they would like you to be able to do that in a concise Fashion.
0: Here's what it comes down to for me. Do you, do you think you should oversell or undersell your elevator pitch?
1: If I had to choose between the two, under is my way.
0: Under is also my way. And this is, maybe it's just anecdotal, but from all networking groups and elevator pitch specialists that I've talked with, <laughs> they always talk about way over the top overselling the elevator pitch. And that's what I don't like because it starts the relationship off on dishonesty and frivolity.
2: I mean, my perspective: you don't sell. You don't sell with an elevator pitch, because yeah, I mean, there's yeah, nothing that's going to happen in thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah or a but,
0: I, Now I use the term oversell or undersell as as a colloquialism, not as the term sell. Mm-hmm. I, I use it as like you know, do you do you really puff yourself up or do you kind of play it cool? You know, I think it's much better if you kind of play it cool and, and undersell yourself and be really humble about what you do. All right. As opposed to, you know, I help you uh, make, you know, I'm a business consultant. and I help you go to the bank a little more often with a few more bigger checks. Like, shut up. <laughs> who, who? I think I know who does it that <laughs> way. You know, yeah. and I just, I hate, it just seems so freaking slimy. like get away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it is someone we know and I love the man. I do too. I really and he's and he's very smart. But it's just that just does not work for me.
2: No, I agree with you.
0: <clears throat> and maybe that's just me. I mean, I, I don't know. What what do you guys think out there?
2: I, for me, elevator pitches the name itself is in the same classification as the word networking because it has a connotation starting from me outward. And in that connotation, it basically says to people, this is who I am, what can you do for me? When in actuality, if you connect with anybody on a genuine level, you connect because you want to know about them. You want to find out who they are. You want to find out what their interests are, what their passions are, and build a relationship with them. So for me, the elevator pitch starts from the wrong place. I think when you connect with somebody, you connect with them on an authentic level.
1: You you want to? Who are you? Yeah. Where do you come from? Tell me your backstory. And I think in theory that works great, and I think even in practice, a decent percentage of the time, what you're suggesting is spot on. And I genuinely believe that. But there are also situations where you're dealing with type A, triple A, maybe even occasionally quadruple A personalities that are going to stare you in the eye and say, tell me what you do for me, Ken. Or what what you can do for me, Ken, please. And you can. what do you say to
2: that? um, What would you say? I mean, if I'm standing here, I'm type A, we just meet at a networking event. Tom, nice to meet you. Glad that we could be here together. Tell me, who are you, and what can you do for me? So that's that's more of a asking for the elevator pitch, right? That's asking. Okay. Part. Right. So, what so I would do, you.
1: though, and, I, and you probably knew I'd be saying this, I would turn it around on you and say, Ken, really nice to meet you too. Before I can answer that question, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and the things that you do, and then I think I would be in a better position to answer that question. Interesting. So
0: you t- I like that. So you turn it around and find out more. About your audience. You are such the performer, I love it. (laughs) Know your audience is critical. It is. I love that.
2: Absolutely. It's critical. Well, if someone said, Ken,
0: what do you do? What is your elevator pitch? Uh,
2: My elevator pitch in terms of what I do, I bring together heads of businesses and they help each other. I believe in collaboration. Okay. So how do you do that? I run groups. I match, make, and facilitate and uh and and they pay you for this absolutely pay me lots of money as a matter of fact there are people that truly value this so wait wait so the you're not one of them but there are a lot of them so the heads
0: of so the heads of business do all the work and what is it that you do do you facilitate the meeting i match them up and i facilitate the
1: meetings okay rather well Okay, Having been a member of peer-to-peer for five years plus whatever, rather well. But
2: the point is, and I love Tommy, I love your (laughs) approach of turning it back. If somebody approached me with the same question that I approached you, my immediate response is, I have no idea how I can help you. I don't know anything about you. And my favorite elevator pitch in the world is to talk about who the person is Maybe do it 30 seconds, a minute, minute and a half. Say, I've enjoyed this conversation. I'd like to continue it a later time. Can we have lunch, breakfast, coffee, just to get to know each other a little bit more?
1: See, now I've taken what you have and just spun it in a different way. Yeah. Because to me, what you just said almost seems close-ended. My approach to it is, you know, something, Ken, I'm not really sure, but if you tell me a little bit more about yourself, then I'm going to be able to better answer that question. Help to educate me as opposed to, Jesus, I have no clue as to how I'm going to help you. Boom, see you. Nice to know you. I'm going to get a cocktail, and I will never look in your eyes again.
2: You remember a few years back, I had Keith Ferrazzi in town. He wrote Never Eat Alone. Yep. Had him in at the Hartford Club, had about 125 friends and family there, and he gave a talk. And we had like 45 minutes before the talk when he's just meeting people in the room. Had a guy running an $80 million IT firm. And he, to me, was the epitome of the uh, maverick and goose walking into the bar, target-rich environment. How many people can I meet? So I brought him over and introduced him to Keith. And Keith... Just totally disarmed him right off the bat. He looked at him and he said, Paul, tell me, what are you passionate about? And I just watched, it, and talk about nonverbal cues, I watched Paul just sort of slowly lean back on his heels, and a smile come across his face, and for the next three minutes, did nothing except talk about his grandkids.
1: All right.
2: It was the most enlightening moment for me when it comes to how people connect.
1: That's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question. And that, to me, is the art
2: of connection. It is connecting to the person. I agree. I love that. I think if you're trying to do an elevator pitch, what you're trying to do is connect what you do to a hopeful opportunity instead of connecting to the person and exploring what options there are. Point well made. Yeah. And I'm much more inclined to the exploration than I am to the hopefulness.
1: Less about the what, more about the who.
2: Always about the who. Stop focusing on what. Everybody's got what. Jacks are better to open at the poker table. If you haven't got (laughs) it, don't even come to the party. Let's
1: play cards. Yeah. Forget the show. Come on. What do you say, Brian? We lost Brian. How did we lose you, man? He's focusing on something. Is is our chat room... uh, filled up and asking great questions as they always do but okay. there's some you know
0: we have evan working on it don't you worry okay there's you know you open up the chat room you're you, you know we're all crazy you know successful and you know there's millions of people listening so sometimes you get some you get some uh bad apples in the chat room uh-huh. but we got our man evan on it
1: thank you evan so that's all One of these days we have to bring Evan into the show. Is that ever possible, or is he a recluse that never comes out when it's sunny? That
0: that would break the union contract. (laughs) Okay, got it. (laughs) He's not allowed to be on it. I have to pay him more if... uh... If we have him on there. So
1: see. nothing times nothing is adding up to more nothing? Oh,
0: he gets a lot of Starbucks coffee, Does I'll tell really? you what. yeah, <laughs> He gets a lot of Starbucks. Geez, I take one. <laughs> one? You, one? You
1: should be paying me for this. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: um, I really do like the, you know, if we're talking about the art of connection, yeah. I love getting the, the idea of getting the other guy to talk about themselves. Okay, and, yeah. and I think that is very, it's like you're like the manador. Who's like, you know, the bull is coming and, you, and he runs, he's you can run right into you and nope, you just kind of step aside and all of a sudden he is talking and talking and talking because that just gives you such fodder. But yeah. now what do you do with that stuff? If the guy starts talking to himself and then goes, you know, quickly into his uh, personal life, do you just sit there and take it all in? Absolutely. Or, or do you try to steer it back to what is it that you do for a living?
2: I love the personal life side. If I get to know somebody. Yeah, but is it
0: really? But is it?
2: I, I understand that part. Yeah.
0: But if you're trying to make a business connection, right? You yeah. want to find out
2: where's the opportunity for me inside of this guy's business world. That's the distinction you make that I don't agree with. I you don't think, think so? there's a business connection and a personal connection. I think you just connect to the person, and the business opportunity becomes apparent as the connection strengthens. That could be. I don't... You. The, this is another Faraziism. There are no business relationships and personal relationships. There are only relationships. People connect to people. That's all there is to it. I, a guy I met last night who was one of the nominees for the CFO of the Year Award that the Harper Business Journal does, he's a CFO for uh, St. Joseph University. And... He came out of probably dozen-plus years in manufacturing and moved over to higher ed like three years ago. That was the most interesting conversation I had last night, was why someone who is a CFO in a manufacturing environment would leave such a good position to move over to higher ed. I mean, to me, they are like at completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of types of business what they're interested in, what they're focused on. Yet, he just had a great time with the move, and he, he learned a lot. He loved doing it, and I loved hearing the rationale and why he went about doing what he did.
1: It was kind of cool. I'm with you, Ken, on that regard. I do believe that that is really, it's about relationships. I think, though, to to tap into your question, Ryan, you know, it requires you to be an excellent listener, and you know to be listening emphatically uh and at the same time kind of witnessing and taking notes, mm-hmm. so that if and when the opportunity does present itself to segue into a business conversation, you can build on the information that this person that you've now come in contact with has been you know grateful and willing to share with you yeah and and that ultimately is it because. You know, it does, at some point in time, it does matter about the sale. That's how we all make money. money. And so the better a record keeper, the better a listener you are, and a recaller for that matter, the better likelihood when that opportunity does finally shift to be able to discuss business, Mm -hmm. you've got that ammunition there waiting for you.
2: Well, I give kudos to you, Tom, because you are one of the, not only one of the best listeners that I know, but you're also one of the best questioners I know. And I think that's the flip side to that coin. Thank you. If you listen well, you also have to know how to ask very good questions and different types of questions. And you're very good with open ended, you're very good with limiting questions that will narrow choices down. And you are timely with your. close-ended question. What do you want to do here? I think it's time we move forward with the project. What do you think? That kind of a close-ended question enables somebody, once the trust is built in the relationship, to sit there and say, yeah, I think I'm going to move with Tommy on this one.
0: You know what I want to do is explore this kind of thing, but for maybe businesses that aren't really so involved in giving a service, what about connecting? The art of connecting when you just have a product to sell, you know, if you just have, uh, you know, if you're a florist or something like that, uh, let, let, let's get into that. But let me tell you about another great three connectors who really know mm-hmm. about the art of connection because they give so much back to community and they know so much about their uh, their clients, their patients is uh, Central CT Dental, one of our sponsors, Doctors Camp Sandborg. And Lupini. Serious issues or just a routine checkup? You don't need to go anywhere else. But these guys, they're very easy to get to on the Plainville-Farmington line. Give them a call at 860-747-5761. I have told this story, and I think it's important to repeat, about my buddy who bites into a peach pit on Friday evening. He's playing in a golf tournament all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Busts his front tooth. Poor guy, we're calling him Redneck Ronnie all Friday night, calls up Dr. Camp. All the clients, you know, they, they get the answering service or, or you get their their home numbers. Says, this just happened to me. I got to play golf all weekend. You know, woe is me. But, uh, but you know, I'm in pain. It's, you know, exposed nerve. Camp goes down there at night, 9, 930 at night, turns on all the lights, fixes the guy's tooth, turns out that it's really you know it can be it can be bonded a little bit of bonding a little bit of shaping a little bit of thing whatever 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 he's back out the door perfect and he already said to me dr Campy said uh yeah you know it was an nc it was just the right thing to do i said nc what's nc no charge no charge no charge for that now that's making a connection there's there's a guy who's gonna be with with central ct dental forever
2: and that's the answer to your question about the florist.
0: And that's your answer to the question about the florist. Uh, it could be. It is. It could be. How would that work for the florist?
2: Uh, flowers got destroyed in the truck on the way to the wedding.
0: What do you do? I mean, you got to get
2: call the call the florist up and say, look, the, flower, the flowers got destroyed. The wedding <coughs> starts in 45 minutes. The, the bride's bouquet is gone. We'll be there in 30.
0: Yeah, but you know what? This is more this is more dated. I mean, that's a big event where you don't wanna have any issues. I'm thinking maybe just sort of a yeah, you know what it would be? Ken, Mother's Day is coming up. Ring go. ring ring. Ken, it's Mother's Day. Did you buy uh did you buy your mother flowers? Did you buy your wife flowers? Mm. You didn't? Call the flowers. I tell you what I tell you what you do.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll send over some flowers and see. This there one's on are. me. There just remember. Are. Next time, don't forget, okay? I I can't be calling you every year. That's great. (laughs) That would be a good move. That's it. That would be a good move.
2: You see, people try to distinguish between business to business and business to consumer, but there isn't. Even Mm. more so the connection on the consumer side. I think
0: it's easier for business to business to get the money, to make the sale, because people are, you know, and I'm like that too, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. But I feel, uh, when I'm dealing with uh the business's money i sort of only see optimism and you know mm. all this kind of stuff and i'm great and then when it when the money's already mine and i've paid all the damn taxes on it and i don't want anything to happen to it this is my little no i'm not giving you anything so i'm very tight with my own money on the business side i'm like yeah let's try this let's buy. you know what yeah i know we already have six you know sm7b sure microphones Let's buy all new Heil microphones. I think, that'll, I think that'll be the solution. Yeah, that's what we need to You know, I'm very free with that. But when it's my money, I'm like, this is mine. That'll be fine. I'll drive the Volkswagen. Thank you. Mm. I was talking to a friend of mine. And? And I was saying, I was suggesting to him, I, it may be time for me to get a, a big boy car. As opposed to all these, like, Volkswagens and hondas and all that That's kind of stuff a big boy car That's a big boy car you know a like luxury a, car like
2: a beamer or a lexus or something <clears> like that <throat> yeah i got you.
0: that i have an eye my eye on an audi That's, audi's are nice right <clears throat> now this is going to tie in to the art of connection i sure, sure. hope so so <laughs> wow
2: well, you don't like talking about cars
0: <laughs> you know do i ever not tie it in really yeah come on now yeah <laughs> yeah
1: on a really regular basis yeah <laughs> You ask, Brian. <laughs>
0: so I'm talking uh, to my guy, and we're, we happen to be driving with another guy behind us who we're kind of so so about, but whatever. I, you know, I don't really know him that well. But he, it, it turns out that he used to work at a car dealership or seven or however many he's at. And, you know, I have not, it's not like this is the first time I've ever thought about buying a new car. Yeah. You know, I've done this a few times. And so I'm talking with him about it and just like what model and all this kind of stuff. And this guy chimes in from the back. Which model? You're gonna get this, you're gonna get that. This package. How about that one over there? You know, when you go to buy this, why don't you take me with you? I can I used to do all of this. MSRP, I know what the... I know what the holdback is, I know what reserve. and I'm kind of like, who the shot are you? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. yeah, I know those things too. Yeah, like just stop, stop. And he's going a mile a minute. And I think what happens is sometimes people are so excited that they know, they know something, they can add value. Yep. And it's like a layup for them, like, oh, my God, I can add so much value that they're like a bull in the China shop. They're like, oh, my God, I, this is what you should be doing. And they like just like, no, just do it my way. This is going to be great. And you're like, no, 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 I don't want to go over here. No, 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 we're going to go over here and we're going to do this part of the conversation and I'm going to make it all better. I want to be the great fixture and I'm going to be the hero.
2: But and sometimes that's not what we want. He wasn't connected to you at all though. I was talking about what might you think I should get? Maybe a, yeah. maybe I should
0: get the BMW. I mean maybe the question
2: get, if I'm sitting in the back seat and I don't know you the question is what's wrong with the small kid cars? Why do you want to grow up and get a big guy, big boy car? Yeah. That's or that, the question. Well, you
0: know what I really wanted to do? I wanted to cogitate about what luxury I wanted to think
2: about with my friend
0: what other cars are out there and imagine me, you know, I wanted the... How do you want the, to feel Yeah, first to drive yes, it? And this guy's well, talking to me about how much of a deal he's going to get me. And I'm
1: like, would you shut up? He's not doing what we talked about earlier. He's not listening. He's not, not listening. At all. Not at all. Not at all. No, he, had, he
0: had a one-track mind. And I think businesses get like that, especially
2: salespeople. And you know who else does it? <laughs> Small business owners. Small business owners. I'm going to make a generalization here that probably somebody in the chat room will beat me up on. Yeah, But most small business owners are insecure about their products and about their ability to be successful. Mm, they and agree. I think most small business owners, when they see an opportunity, jump in with both feet. Like the guy in the back seat. Right. I got knowledge. I can contribute. Boom. Here's the, I'm That's just doing a dump.
0: Point. Excellent point.
2: And they do it when they should just take a breath for a minute, relax, and say, How can I contribute here?
1: Absolutely.
2: Not, not, I know I can.
1: How can I? Here's one of the best stories I've ever heard, and it was out of a book called Positively Outrageous Service, written by a gentleman named T. Scott Gross. If you guys haven't read it, read it. I'm not. It's probably 15, 20 years old, but it's a great book. T. Scott Gross, among other industries, is in the food industry, owning more than a handful of restaurants. He has a young family come in, husband, wife, two kids. One of the kids requests a Happy Meal. This is not a McDonald's restaurant. Uh, and the waitress says, well, we can do the hamburger, we can do the French fries. But the kid is clear, and this is a true story, the cl- kid is clearly disappointed. The culture of this restaurant, the waitress goes back to the kitchen with the rest of the orders, explains what happened. The manager of the restaurant sends one of the employees to the local McDonald's. Yep. Comes back with a happy meal. Plates it and sends plates it. Plates it and sends it out. Slam it. dunk, home run. Now you can't convince me. Going back to your original question, that those kinds of simple opportunities present themselves with these B to C businesses yeah. and the little things like that that a customer would say, oh. My God, thank you very much. Mm. They're there. The opportunities present themselves. It's slowing down enough, which is exactly what you were talking about, to say, how can I super serve this individual in the moment?
2: And I think you're absolutely right, Tom. The B2C environment, one, the dollar amounts are usually smaller, and the opportunities are much more personal. It's much more one-to-one. The B2B environment The opportunities in general have a higher price tag. And as Brian says, it's the business's money. So buy high old mics for everybody. Yeah. And it's more of a corporate spend. It's not a personal spend.
0: It's kind of a volume thing, uh, too, when you're selling to a consumer. If you can get distribution out there, marketing, obviously, and distribution out there. You'll make tons because you have. There's more people than businesses. Yeah, that's the only truth I probably know in this this crazy world. Um, and it kind of reminds me of Apple, Mm -hmm. where you know we have a lot of new tablets out. We got the Nexus Seven, we got the Kindle Fire, we got uh, the Windows. I don't even know what it's called. Surface. All right, it's called. Uh, that one just came out. These things are selling great. Yeah, over a million just last weekend. That's, uh, iPad numbers. But the difference is, they don't sell in as many countries. They sell kind of really first world yeah. countries, and that's it. Yeah, you got a, you can get an iPad anywhere, like on the earth. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's 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 really impressive. So, from that perspective, the business to consumer side, I think there's much more potential out there if you can find the right price points, absolutely, and price elasticity. Yeah, and, that's all and get part of there. the marketing equation. But It is easier to sell fewer times and make large numbers, because at the end of the day, theoretically, yeah. I mean, there's a certain point where we don't know what what it means anymore. Between if I gave you an opportunity to, you know, make a billion dollars or five hundred million, and you had to work for seven years to make the billion, and one year to make the half billion, which would you do? One year and a half, yeah, that's uh, everybody in the world would do see ya. yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you very much, right. even though you like a billion dollars, twice as much.
1: Well, inadvertently, though, you lead to something that I think we haven't really discussed, but I think is critical. Maybe it goes back to the performer in me, but the whole concept of timing mm. Re- meaning knowing when to shift gears from we're talking about personal, we're talking about business, yeah. knowing when to be yeah. able to make the decision to send the waitress to the local yep. McDonald, knowing that, having that innate sense of timing because I think that that's a critical component Absolutely. in developing and in nurturing an ongoing relationship.
2: And it is innate. I'm not sure that's teachable.
1: It's a good
2: point. I'm really not sure that's teachable. You know, the other thing that, Brian, you brought up that is intriguing to me is how to make that connection in an online digital way. Mm. And what occurred to me, I was looking at the latest issue of Consumer Reports, and they're rating all of the tablets out there. And part of the rating that they did was for the websites. And the only one of the manufacturers that got a recommended rating was apple
0: for the websites
2: for the interface on the websites the connectivity on the website to the consumer how good an experience was it to buy a product at oh, apple's oh, site oh, versus oh, oh, dell's oh, oh, oh. site versus hp's site etc and the only yeah. one that was recommended was apple
0: and you know what's interesting if you go onto those and I don't know all of them but if you go onto like if you buy an android device God bless you, there's a thousand million of them. And, I, you know, yeah. I try to keep up with this stuff pretty well. I don't know. You know, I look at that stuff. My eyes cross. Yeah. And then even, it, even when you go to, like, Dell or something like that and you buy a laptop or a desktop or something, it's really focused on what very specific, uh, very technical options do you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas Apple pretty much gives you, like, you know, how much storage you want? How fast do you think you th- want the thing to be? And then, uh, you know, how many connectors do you want? Yeah, <laughs> you know, they make it a little easier. They kind of package it um, a-, a little bit easier, and that's because they own the entire ecosystem. Yes, they do. So you don't have to worry about all this other, you know, nonsense and overclocking and all that kind of jazz that you would maybe on a Dell. It's neat
2: stuff. It is. but connecting over the internet is is uh, very important, and it's an ongoing skill set that's being developed
1: so ken bring us home on this whole thing what have we discovered
2: uh for me the discovery is that the elevator pitch is a dinosaur and connect to the person and the opportunity for business presents itself
0: brian what have you discovered i've discovered that i suck at making transitions
1: (laughs) well (laughs) finally (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I am now enrolled in a twelve-step program <laughs> called Transitions Anonymous. And I have a question: Are
1: you doing your Bedouin impersonation with the the scarf wrapped around your neck, or what's going on with that? Man? I'm feeling a little <laughs> feeling a little Jedi tonight. I've got to be in honest with you. Mm. And what have I discovered? It's good to be back. Glad to be here. It's been a fun show tonight. Hopefully we enlighten those that have decided to tune in and stay tuned in with us.
0: That would be great. Thank you all for joining us really. We can't do the show without you or our sponsors, Gateway Financial Partners, the accounting firm of Butterwoods & Meyer, Jack, Deepwater Seafood of Avon, and Central CT Dental.com. Very special thanks to Evan Richards, our chat room moderator. We're closing up shop for this week. But we'll be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll be once again Be open for business. Cheers.